Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, uh, the Montana State Bobcats, they are headed to UC Davis in a just gigantic game. I made the argument yesterday on the show that I think this is a bigger game for the two teams involved in it than is the Montana-Weaver State game, just simply from the fact that Weaver State and Montana, they're going to the playoffs. Okay, that's a done deal. Now, how you get there, where you are, obviously that stuff matters. They care greatly about it, and there's a lot of other stuff you can talk about what this game means for hashtag RTD for the Grizzlies and all that, but... Montana State, and certainly UC Davis, playing for their playoff lives. I mean, UC Davis may already be out, hard to say, but anything else, anything but wins for the last two weeks for the Aggies, and it's a done deal. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Their season will end a week from Saturday. So they have to have it. Montana State, uh, they could lose this game, presumably, and win uh, next weekend and be into the postseason. But as I said before, I don't think you want to have the weight of that need and that that pressure on you going into, uh, you know, the rivalry game. So uh, I think this is an absolutely monster game for both of these teams uh, as you look at it. Jeff Choate was asked about that very thing. How big is this game given what's at stake for both these teams? This is what he said. Every single game in November is consequential and big. And I don't look at this game any different than last week's game or the week before. Had we not won those, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. And so this is a a big game for both teams um, because it's November football. And uh, we've got a a really tough opponent in front of us. Um, Man, you know, these are games I like to coach in. You know, I I enjoy um, matching wits with good coaches and, and, uh, you know, matching scheme. But I know this, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to, you know, the team that that executes at the highest level and plays with the most physicality. So... 
talking about November football. They're all big in November. But here's the thing. They're not all big in November. In fact, some of the smallest games of the year are played in November because there's a bunch of teams for whom they do not matter. If you're Southern Utah, if you're Northern Colorado, okay, you know, maybe there's a senior day mixed in there or whatever. But the the climax of your season happened somewhere in October, okay? Now, it means pretty much nothing to you. You are going nowhere. Montana State, however, UC Davis, they still have aspirations. They still have uh, expectations about where they want to go. And they got to get it Saturday. So I think this is a battle royale. I'm looking forward to this game. What do you think about the the pressure potentially uh, and the necessity of a win for both these teams coming together and only one can walk away with it? Well, it's a it's a pivotal moment for the Bobcat football program because Jeff Choate has preached and preached and preached and preached and preached. And for a brief moment, his prediction of what Montana State should and would and could become this season looked like he was spiraling out of control and spiraling down the drain. And then they got right, and they've won two games in huge fashion. And I understand that everything that's happened their last four games has 100% had to do with the quality of the opponent. Nothing more, nothing less. <clears throat> this is the first time Jeff Jones has ever been 7-3. and three. This is the first time the Cats have ever been on the brink of an 8- or 9-win season. This is the first time Montana State has a chance to make the playoffs in resounding fashion, not sneak into the playoffs, to get a playoff seed. So how does Montana State seize the moment? This is the first moment of the Jeff Choate tenure where they have a chance to truly ascend beyond just an upper-tier but not top-level Big Sky team that just plays hard. Yeah. If they really want to be elite, if they, re- I mean, they've been in the top 10 all year. Are they actually a top 10 program? This is a prove-it game. On the other hand... This is a prove-it game for UC Davis because they have to prove that last year was not just a flash in the pan. Good programs can get elite talent like Keelan Doss and ride it to a Big Sky Championship. But great programs can lose a player like Keelan Doss and still compete for a Big Sky Championship. UC Davis has not done that this year. You can talk about their schedule, the opposite of Montana State, really hard. That's why they're 5-5. Five and five. What would the Cats record be if they had UC Davis' schedule? Probably 5-5, five and five, maybe 4-6. and six. Or not, maybe six and four. I'm not sure. And it's impossible to predict. What would UC Davis's record be if they played Montana State's schedule? You know, he, more like seven and three or eight and two. The other thing too is you talk about the strength of the schedule and it's it's completely valid. But you know, people were maybe a little bit of skeptical, say, about San Francisco, the 49ers. How good are they really? Who have they played in eight weeks? Well, you know what? In order to be good to great, you gotta be better than the bad teams. And so, guess what they were? Until, you know, they're perfect in their overtime with Seattle. But the point is, they were better than everybody, okay? UC Davis, yeah, you've played a really hard schedule. Yeah, you got an FBS team. Yeah, you got NDSU. Yeah, you got Montana. Okay, but the point is, is if you don't win any of those games, which you haven't, you're not as good as those teams. Like, you can drop a couple of games that are, quote-unquote, even, you know, against even equal teams that are also, quote, really good. But when you lose all of them, you are just simply not as good as those teams. And UC Davis, to me, has proven that they are not uh, uh, an upper-tier team. They are a middle-tier team. And, I mean, it doesn't get more middle than 500 regardless of who you play. And if you can't break through against a good football team, 
the really good football teams, then you're not yourself a really good football team. That's just the fact of the matter. And that's where UC Davis is at right now. That said, they still have two more opportunities because of the strength of the schedule to play two top 10 teams in the nation to finish it out. And if they do that, you know, again, there's an argument to be made. But you're, what you said is spot on about Montana State. If Montana State are, if you are a top 10 team, you're in the top 10 in the nation. If you want to go and just own the fact that you're going to the playoffs, win this football game. Be better than a team that has proven that they are not as good as other top 10 teams in the nation. This is why the unbalanced schedule is so dumb, though, because there's a very real chance that UC Davis is very much better than Montana State and that the skewed schedule has made Montana State better than UC Davis. But that's that's not the point. I mean, you're, you're right in terms of your rec- the record. All I'm saying is if you, in fact, are a top-10 team, you win this football game, period. You have to have it. You need it. You're supposed to be better. This is supposed to be the year you got to go get it. And... It feels to me what you know what what they what do they always say, Colter? If you don't close out a team when you have an opportunity, that team can come back to bite you. Well, the same to me is true on a season. If you don't punch your ticket when you have an opportunity to do it, all of a sudden that that opportunity can slip away. And if Montana State loses the next two football games, they are probably on the outside looking in. And no, it's not probably. Okay. They will not make the playoffs. Here's, there is one team in the United States of America that might make the playoffs at 7-5. and five, That's UC Davis. Montana State has to win a game. I think 100% if they win a, one more game, whether it's UC Davis, Montana, they're in. I agree. But if you don't win it when the getting's good. Well, that's the thing, though. Then, you, then, 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 then I don't know. You know? I just think that... What you just said is true, but, man, if you lose to UC Davis, I just think you're going to have an impossible time beating Montana. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Well, also, maybe not, because when is Montana State absolutely at their absolute best? When they have to win the game. When it, their backs are squarely against the wall. The best five performances of Jeff Choate's career was when he could not lose. When there was no option to lose. And that started the first week of November three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that he is in that position now and next week as well. I mean, you're always in that position in the Cat game. doesn't matter who you are. Bobby Hout, Jeff Choate, doesn't matter. you got to win it. And it's weird to say because it's never going to happen. Only one person's going to win it. Um, but this is this is... This is go time right now to me for Montana State. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, Colter, the Bobcats are coming. I got to say this about Montana State. I think right now around the state of Montana, we're into the thick of it. Cat Grizz, Grizz Cat, whatever you want to call it. First of all, I'm going to make my annual public service announcement. I call it Cat Grizz because C comes before G in the alphabet. That's it. Get over it. It's what it's called. Cat Grizz game is eight days away. There seems to be this building narrative that because Montana State has been, because Montana State has been poor at quarterback, that Montana State is going to get wiped in Bozeman. I think that what everybody around the league and everybody around the state needs to remember is that Montana State has a glaring weakness at quarterback. I don't think it's a permanent weakness, 
In other words, I I highly doubt that Tucker Rovick is going to start the Kakaris game. Mm-hmm. But also, I think that everybody got... Uh, Tucker Rovig's inconsistent or unspectacular play has completely blinded everybody that watches the Bobcats to all the other stuff about their team. Like 450 yards rushing regardless of opponent. Like 19 ball carriers. Like the fact that they haven't had their starting running back and they still are leading the league in rushing. The fact that they have the best offensive line in the league. The fact that they have the best defensive front seven in the league besides Weber State and Sac State. The fact that they've played absolutely lights out on defense for the last month. I just think that... It's the least aesthetically pleasing way that you can be good at football, but it does not mean that they're not good. And Weaver State's gone through this. Weaver State has a better reputation on the national level because people don't watch them play directly than they do in the Big Sky Conference. Nobody in the Big Sky thinks Weaver State's the best team. They are. They have been because they don't have 400 yards of total offensive game. Jake Constantine isn't very good. They don't light up the scoreboard. But they win every single time out. And Montana State is nowhere close to Weaver State right now. But the Cats are on that same plane where what you see is not what you get unless you have a very sophisticated eye in terms of watching football. So I've just heard so many people, and so much of this is also just the the Bobcat collective mindset. The Bobcats have disappointed more than not over the last 20 years. Although the last three years has completely altered that narrative because even though Montana State overall has not been that great, they've finished the year with a crescendo with three very thrilling and very surprising wins over the University of Montana. And that in itself alters the narrative. But I've heard from so many people, most of whom are Bobcat fans, man, we're going to lose the next two games. We're not going to make the playoffs. That's what everybody thinks. And it's crazy to me that people are overlooking the fact that you guys do have Tucker Rovick as your quarterback. That's not good. You also got Bryce Dirk and Amandre Williams and Troy Anderson and Braden Conkle and Jacque Allen. That's a pretty good start. That's all true, but also, Colter, what did we say after North Dakota? We're not going to know another thing about Montana State until this weekend. And sort of, but I mean, that's the thing is like you can say weak opponent and all that. There's bad teams in every league every year. No one's rushing for 451 yards. That's right. When Nobody. It's the third highest rushing total in the history of the program for a school that has a proud lineage of running the football. When you win 87 to 20 or whatever it is in two combined weeks, you're right. It doesn't matter in, in, in a certain respect. But also, what did you just say? I mean, they haven't played their best football when they've played the best teams that they've played. And when and they have played it when they've needed it. So now they're playing a, a good team, not a great team, not an upper-tier team, but a good UC Davis team in a game that they need. So which Bobcat team shows up? Because they've only played, in conference, one bad game. One bad game. At least bad enough that they lost a game that they shouldn't have lost, and that was to North Dakota. Came on the heels of Sacramento State when Sacramento State was still not totally believed in, and now they are. So that also changes things a little bit. But let's, when you want to talk about identity, let's ask the man himself. Jeff Choate was asked about the 450-plus yards rushing, how hard it was to do, and what that says about the identity of his team. And he took this one on a long, meandering stroll. I think he said a lot during this uh, next soundbite you're going to hear. Perk up. You don't draw it up like that. I mean, you know, there's some certainly some things that were available to us that we took advantage of, and uh, and we had some guys step up and make plays. And so, um, I'm not a stats guy. I think you know that about me. Uh, I think stats are for losers, man. You point to that stuff when it's all said and done. But uh, what you have to do is what you got to do to win in the moment. Like, and I know you guys don't realize. Like, I went and looked at stats today just so I could quote some things because here's what I think. 
I think this is the this is the definition of team. This group of kids that's playing for Team One Twenty Two here at Montana State University is the definition of team. We have no superstars. Okay, we have eighteen different ball carriers, ten of whom have scored touchdowns, eight of whom have had twenty plus carries, seven of which have over hundred yards rushing on the season. Okay, I'm not sure there's a, a, a stat line like that anywhere in college football. You think about five guys that have thrown touchdown passes. Five different human beings have thrown touchdown passes for us. Eight guys have eight different guys have touchdown catches, and 17 have a reception. I mean, that's spreading it out. Okay, we're the number one rushing offense in the Big Sky Conference, and we don't have a guy in the top six in the league in individual rushing. This is a group of guys that cares about each other, and they're going to go do what they have to do to win. And in today's day and age, where everybody wants a superstar, I think this is a very, I mean, it's kind of a unique deal. It's kind of a unique, and I think it should be celebrated. I mean, it's, uh, this is, you talk about a team. What do we have to do to win? Well, let's take our linebacker and put him at quarterback on this down. You know, let's take our safety and put him at linebacker. These guys will do whatever they, we ask them to do, and I just have a ton of respect for them, and I think it's kind of a cool, um, maybe missed story because everybody wants to see the guy that's got the 1,500 yards rushing and the 4,000 yards passing and, and the Walter Payton Award this. And, all. and, and, and hey, that's, that's awesome, and that's great for college football when you have those individual stars, and I think that's why we have things like the Walter Payton Award and the Heisman Trophy to celebrate those guys. But you know what? This is a team sport, and, uh, and I think sometimes uh, we forget that, and it's the ultimate team sport in my opinion because if you got one guy doing it right and 11 guys doing it wrong, it doesn't matter. You know, heck, if you got 10 guys doing it right and one guy doing it wrong, it doesn't matter. But uh, when guys come together and play this game the right way, it's kind of rewarding. And so uh, I just thought I'd talk about that for a moment. How much does that say about your offensive line, you know, whoever's got the ball? And even that group, we've moved some guys in and out. You know, Denver Crone has a role at times. And we might ask, uh, you know, Zach to slide from center to guard or, <coughs> excuse me, even Lewis Kidd to slide from guard to tackle. And so, um, you know, tremendous job by those guys buying into their role and understanding that we don't go if they don't go. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. So there you go. Uh, and, and, you know. Jeff Choate's standing on the soapbox for his team and also for their style of play. And here's the thing, Coulter, is that it feels like all the things that they do offensively is sort of an, an attempt to overcome not having a good throwing quarterback. See, I don't agree with that. But I think if, but they, this had, is what I, I think if they had this a what good I'm getting quarterback, at. first of all, I think that there there is there's a pendulum that swings in life no matter what. 
You have to have balances of everything. If you're going to be good at something, you're going to be bad at something else. There's no way to be perfect at everything. How do you explain me? There's no way to be perfect at everything. There's no way. There's just no way. There, There is a yin and yang, a balance to everything. Everything is always too good to be true. It will always come back crashing down. If Montana State had the best quarterback in the league, it would then conversely equal them not having the best at a lot of other things in the league. I just really think that's the way FCS football works. You can't have it all. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't agree with that. There's only one program in the country out of 122 FCS programs that's got the best at everything. And they even don't, though. North Dakota State doesn't. They don't have the best corners. They have very mediocre corners. Okay, but that's but the point is, is they can pretty much do what they want. I mean, that is they the counterexample to the argument. They have pretty they get they have all the best offensive and they have the best front seven. They got the best offensive line. Lately, they've had, they've had the best quarterbacks. They've had the best safeties. All of it, right? How many of their receivers would start for Northern Arizona, let alone Eastern Washington or Montana? None. It's the way that the salary cap level of football works, and and that I do buy. Because there are only the 63 scholarships, and so you have to pick what it is that you're going to do. And also, because they have the, quote, glaring weakness doesn't mean that even if they didn't, that they wouldn't still be running Troy Anderson at quarterback 7 to 10 times a game, running Travis Johnson at quarterback 7 to 10 times a game, handing the ball off as much as they do, and having, what did he say, 18 different guys scoring touchdowns or whatever. I mean, you know, some 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 crazy deal like that. And that's exactly the perspective that Jeff Choate is trying to sell, is that what we are doing is something that is unique in football, which it certainly is, is consummate team. Everybody wants to talk about how big a team game this is. Well, how about everybody doing everything all the time? How, how, how can you become more team than that? And... And okay, but also the question is, and I think it's still a valid one, are you doing that out of necessity or because you think it's the best way to play football? And maybe both are true. I think that Montana State's issues at quarterback are a reflection of a bigger issue, and that's what people aren't talking about. It's not the product on the field. Montana State is about as deep and as good as you're going to be at pretty much every position except quarterback mm-hmm. right now. I mean, look, Isaiah Infante has hardly played this year. Totally. And Montana State's running the ball with authority. No one thought Logan Jones could be what he is. And now here he is. Now he is. An excellent player. Yes. I mean, everybody looks at Lane Sumner, all five, nine of them from Huntley Project, Montana. He's averaging 8.7 yards per carry. I mean, the right. kids have an outstanding year. But what I'm saying is I think that when people see Tuckerovic, it's it's – it's not that he throws the worst ball of all time. He doesn't no. throw a great ball, he, but he doesn't. He's not the worst thrower of the football. Actually, ever he does lived. both. He throws great balls Sometimes and he does. the worst ball of all Sometimes, time. And yeah, you no. go, well, what what is going on here? Totally. Yes. But what I'm getting at is Tucker Rovig is a reflection of a much deeper issue, and that is Montana State collectively grabbing the brass ring. You got to grab it when it's there. Why did Montana dominate at such a high level for so long? Because when the brass ring was there, they grabbed it. And we're going to get into the Montana-Weaver State game. But this is a enormous opportunity for Montana to put so many demons of the last 10 years behind them. If they can, I mean, if they go whip Weaver State's butt, which I don't think is outside the realm of possibilities, it, it could flush so much. It could 
heal so many wounds just from one moment. But Montana State, they got to rise up and do it. Montana State has risen up and done it against the Grizz. They got to prove that they can do it against somebody else. And I think that's where you, when you analyze their team, the the lack of confidence that Tucker Rovick projects and the lack of confidence that collectively everybody associated with the program seems to have because of this one issue, then it matriculates into them having a lack of confidence when they think that they are playing a peer or superior opponent. And that's the number one obstacle that Montana State football has to overcome. They have to figure out... They, Jeff always talks about looking in the mirror. They got to look in the mirror and realize we got some of the baddest dudes on the block. Who cares about the quarterback? Let's go whoop somebody's butt in a different fashion. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're trying to do. And the question is, will the mentality and the belief be there when it is truly a like or maybe even step up type of, uh, of situation? And this, by the way, they're, they're, they're underdogs in this game. Three-point underdogs on the road at UC Davis. I mean, if that's not a motivating factor to a team, I don't know what is. You're number 10 in the nation going to an unranked opponent, and they're favored over you? No, 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 no. But I don't know how they approach it. I don't know if they – I mean, I'm going to say you should look at the number and draw, but you know, you understand what I'm saying. And I, I, I don't know I don't know when they get there. We'll see. It's 2 tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. It's going to be a great game Saturday. Can't wait. 5 o'clock kickoff. SWX Montana Television. Uh – we uh, will have the knock-on sports. Anthony Knockreiner coming up right after this. Talk a little high school football as we head into the uh, uh, penultimate weekend of uh, high school football in the state of Montana semifinal time. So we'll get to that. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport. Easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite water slides that's right they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families groups and birthday parties with the wingate they also have a terrific business travel rate large meeting spaces for you and your clients and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere talk to me about breakfast they're not messing around with the continental they got the full breakfast spread man that's what i'm talking about i need that they got you covered there as well just down the road from the missoula airport the location is quiet and convenient the parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Sports Center. Wednesday, marked National Signing Day in the opening of early National Signing Period for men's and women's basketball, volleyball, soccer, and softball. Notably in Missoula, Raleigh Wooster, the reigning Gatorade Player of the Year in boys basketball, officially signed with the Utah State Aggies on Wednesday. The Missoula Hellgate senior averaged 22.5 points, 5.9 rebounds, and 4 assists last season to lead the Knights to a runner-up finish at the Class AA State Tournament. Hellgate lost on a buzzer beater in overtime to Bozeman. The 6'3", 205-pounder verbally committed to Montana following his freshman year, uh, but rescinded that commitment before uh, his senior year started this past summer. Montana State women's basketball team signed six players Wednesday, including a pair of players with Lady Grizz roots. Lexi Deaton, a Missoula Sentinel senior whose mother Don Siliker played at Montana, signed with the Bobcats, as did Leah Beatty, the daughter of former Lady Grizz standout Kelly Pilter. Her aunt also played for the Lady Grizz. For more on the signees, tune in to Two Tell Nuanas at 4 p.m. right now. 
And the all-class volleyball tournament begins in Bozeman on Thursday with several dynasties in search of more success. Sentinel won the Class AA state title in 2016 and 2017, but Helena Capital knocked off the Spartans last year and are gunning for a second straight title. In Class A, Billing Central is in search of a three-peat. In Class B, Huntley Project has won 11 of the last 13, including two in a row, while at the Class C level, Belt is after their third title in four seasons. There's a place off Ocean Avenue where I used to sit and Now that was pretty good. I don't know if they could hear the sound. I couldn't hear the sound. I don't know what happened. That was fun though. Hey, it's Sutel Nuanas. 1029 ESPN Radio. It's time to talk a little high school football. I'm broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. This uh, December, Saturday, December 7th, the 7th annual snow day at Kurtz Polaris. One day only, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Biggest sale of the entire year. Go there. Snow day at Kurtz Polaris. It is time now to talk a little high school football. It's our Farmers State Bank prep extra segment. Farmers State Bank, bank your, your local bank, your state bank, your Montana bank. Since 1907, we go to the Rangish Brother RV hotline. We welcome in. Anthony Knockreiner, the Knock On Sports from KGEZ up there in Kalispell. Knock, great to be with you. Thanks for being with us. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing great, Ryan. I appreciate you having me on the show as always. And uh, we've got some exciting state semifinals to talk about here with this Friday, man. The four best teams are still alive, and what matchups are they going to be this Friday? I'll tell you what. Yeah, well, in uh, in in class AA, class A as well. Uh, oh, it, it went very chug. Class B, I think a lot of uh, of, of the uh, 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 brackets all went sort of how you thought they might go with the top seeds. But in class AA, as you mentioned, Sentinel and Bozeman tomorrow night uh, in Missoula, and then uh, Butte and Billings West in uh, Butte on on both of them on Friday night, seven o'clock. As you you've seen all these teams play at one point or another over the course of the year, you've been tracking them throughout. What do you think about these matchups? Let's start. With the uh, with the Sentinel Bozeman matchup because Sentinel, the, three of these four teams all have a loss. Sentinel's one of them, but they managed through tiebreak to get into the second seed. Are they actually the second best team in Double A? Well, I, it depends on where, what part of the state you're from. If you're from the East, then no, they're not because the Eastern Double A Conference champ Bozeman Hawks are the second best team. If you're from the West, you think yes, Sentinel is because of their strength of schedule. Uh, the Western Conference has been a better conference, no question. Sentinel has faced the tougher teams. The toughest team Bozeman has had to face is Billings West. And so uh, in my way of looking at it and looking at the strength of schedule, I think Sentinel is the best team. Defensively, they are fast. They are one of the best defenses in all of AA football. They don't give up a lot of points, and uh, they make you do earn them if you do get them. And so I think for, for me, Sentinel is the second best team. I think Bozeman... Between Bozeman and West, you can interchange them at number three. Uh, but Sentinel and Bozeman, this is going to be a pretty good one. I think evenly matched teams, These both, both of these teams. And it's interesting when you look at both matchups because you look at West and Butte, a lot of offense to talk about there. Bozeman and Sentinel, a lot of defense to talk about. Obviously, Sentinel does have offense with Jackson Lee, Preston Jones, T.J. Roush, and what they've been able to accomplish so far this season. And, uh, you know, offensively, Dayton Bay has looked really, really good. He's really come on strong, 73 completion percentage so far this season. Um, 22 touchdowns, throwing eight interceptions, done a nice job with his touchdown-interception ratio. He has just gotten better and better as the season has gone along. And I think for Sentinel, too, and it's something that uh, Dane Oliver, the head coach, talked to me about, 
in the preseason was the fact that they were able to finish games last year. This team had a ton of talent, but struggled in that department. This year, that has been a difference maker for the Sentinel Spartans. Aside from that three-point loss to the Butte Bulldogs, who are the best team in AA football right now until they lose, uh, I think Sentinel has played extremely well. They fixed that bug about finishing games. They did that last week, even starting slow. Uh, Sentinel is definitely, I think, going to have the defensive edge here because they're going to be able to slow up. I think Asher Crowley, the only person that I think that's going to give uh, Sentinel fits from Bozeman's offense is the guy that's been giving everyone fits in double A, and that's Ken Iden, who's just a tremendous talent. Anthony, this is the first year of the, uh, I guess, 15, soon to be 16 double A schools, the first year that everybody made the playoffs. And because of that, a little bit similarity between the Big Side Conference and there is an unbalanced schedule. We have not seen the matchups that we're about to see yet this season. Neither Butte and Billings West nor uh, Bozeman and Missoula Sentinel played this year. So uh, overall, as a guy who covers double-A football every single week as a voice of the Flathead Bridge, what do you think of this, the new schedule, the new playoff format, and uh, all the pluses and minuses that it might bring to the table? Oh, you guys don't want to get me started on schedules because the Kalispell and Billings schools playing in football, I think, is ridiculous when no other sport has Kalispell and Billings getting together. But that aside, I thought it was great. I think having conferences is great for high school football. I think this just adds another element. We have true Western AA. We have a true Eastern AA conference champion. I think it adds a whole new element because you're going to be fighting for that fourth spot in the playoffs like we see with a lot of other sports. I really like the way the schedule fits because you're putting a lot of teams in the vicinity of each other, and they're playing each other. I mean, there's been years where maybe Capital didn't play Sentinel or Helena didn't see uh, Big Sky or some vice versa because we had so many of the East and West getting in the middle. And that's fine, too. I still want to see those matchups. I still That's why we have the non-conference. Uh, so I'm fine with it. I think the playoff format, I don't know if it's going to stay – Next year, I don't. I don't think it's going to stay beyond next year. If it does come back into play, I think what we're going to see is, is the top four teams uh, from the West, the top four teams from the East, and they're going to match up, and we're going to see still just eight football teams play because I don't think that the uh, MHSA is going to add another week of playoff games, so where you can maybe get a wild card in there or get two wild cards, something to that nature. I don't think that's going to happen. I'd love to see it happen. I don't see any reason why not to because of the difference between four and five. I don't think is that big a difference. So maybe we do add a wild card at one point. I think it would be better for high school football. But I think the playoff format is going to go back to being eight. Uh, I want to still see ten football games for the double A. I know a lot of the other classifications they stick at nine or maybe eight in class B. I think. And so for me, I'm fine with the way things played out this year. I still want to see Western Conference teams play Western Conference teams and have that conference schedule, have two non-conference games, maybe three when we expand the schedule to 10. Uh, But the playoff format, uh, (laughs) it kind of went the way we thought. There was really no upset. Uh, Billings West and the top teams, they handled their opponents. It was nice to maybe see some fight in some of those teams early on that looked like, okay, maybe this is going to be a game and kind of show it can maybe – Maybe this is a playoff format to keep, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, we're going to see the top eight teams going forward, and I don't think we're going to see everyone make the playoffs. I don't know what's going to happen next year, but the year after, we won't see it again. Anthony Knockreiner joining us. He uh, hosts the Knock on Sports. I'm on KGEZ in uh, Kalispell. Does a great job up there. Also calls games for Flathead uh, High School football and basketball up there. And uh, Anthony, let's shift over to the Mining City now. Butte, the lone unbeaten in AA, hosting Billings West, the defending state champion. I mean, what a game that is for a semifinal matchup. 
when uh, when you look at this game, we know you know how great Butte has been and the quarterback and all that kind of stuff. But what what do you think about this? And does Billings West is Billings West poised to maybe get out there and win this game? I think I think this is a coin flip game because you've got great players in this matchup. You look at it, you know, Butte has Tom a lot, as you mentioned. Marino, Marino's rushed for over 1,100 yards this season. That's 18 touchdowns. You've got eight different wide receivers for Butte with over 100 yards receiving this season. They've got sacks that they can get after the quarterback. Then you look at West, nearly averaging 300 yards per game, rushing for 175. You've got Carr, you've got Urbacher, and you've got an electrifying wide receiver in Connor Ryan. I mean, this guy can take a five-yard hitch and turn it 80 yards. I saw him do it in the first-round playoff game against Flathead, and that was unfortunate for the Braves. Uh, Connor Ryan, to me, is a difference maker. If I think West is able to get the ball to him, and if Butte isn't able to slow down Ryan, it's going to make for a long night because guess what? Billings West has got another speedster right behind Ryan, and that's Taco Dowler, who's got 730 yards receiving, five touchdowns to go along with it. And this kid's just a sophomore. He is going to be the next guy that's going to step up into that role for Ryan when he graduates and goes to Montana State next year. Uh, this this just has offensive firepower written all over it in this game. I would take the over at 80, 90 points at this point. I would show it's over at 90 points for this game. Because uh, I think that's what it's going to come down to. It would not surprise me at all if we're talking about a 48-45 type of ball game. Yeah. Whoever has the ball last in this game, I think could ultimately win this one. Now, again, the defenses are pretty good. Not going to sell them short. Butte's defense created a lot of turnovers last week. Billings West has done the same. And I think this is the interesting part, too. West, in their two games, one where they, they did win and the one they lost against Bozeman, when I talked to Coach Rob Stan about this, they had four turnovers. So they've had a little bit of a turnover bug uh, recently. And if Butte's able to kind of pounce on that and create some turnovers, force Urbacher or Carr into some bad decisions, then you can set themselves up with a short field. And every coach between Rob Stan and Ari Gray uh, both said field position is going to be the biggest key here tonight, trying to make every single drive for each offense drive 80 yards. We know the percentages on that. They're not great. Uh, at high school football for a high school offense to try and drive 80 yards and and get in the end zone. So that's going to be the biggest key. Whoever wins the field position battle may come up with this game along with having the last possession. I said the other day, I thought O-Runner would be at right about 82, so I'm glad you agree with me, man. I like like that. I like (laughs) like some high-scoring football. This this was, back, back in the day, some of the old coaches would be rolling over in their graves if they knew there was going to be 40 points total scored in a game, let alone one side on either side in late November. I mean, Jack Johnson, he won so many games, 17-3 to at Great Falls CMR. Amazing to think the way that high school football has changed in the state of Montana just in the last 10 or 15 years. I want to talk to you a little bit about these Butte and uh, Billings West offenses because you mentioned how explosive they are. You mentioned some of the players. But... Tommy Blatt, he's headed to Montana State. Josh Urbacher, he's the one that's got the state championship already, and he's gunning for number two at Billings West. Uh, you mentioned the Moreno kid at Butte High, a really physical, powerful runner. Demarcus Carr at Billings West, a very slashing, explosive type guy. They both have weapons on the outside. It seems to me that Butte has a little bit more physical receivers. Billings West has a little bit more speed. But handicap just the offense versus the offense. I know they're not going to be going against each other, but these two offenses are really explosive. Where do you see the advantages coming for each of these two teams? Oh, that's going to be tough, man. I mean, you look at it, where's the, where's the, off, where's the advantage for each offense? I mean, because defensively, who can make the most plays? Which defensive line can cause the most havoc? I think what's interesting about this matchup is Billings West 
is one of the few defenses in high school football in all of Class AA that runs a 30 front. So we're talking about a 3-4 defense. How does Butte's offensive line really handle that 30 front and handle what Billings West is going to bring with some blitzes and those types of things? So that's the interesting matchup within this one. I think for Billings West is an advantage because Butte's never seen a 30 front. I mean, now Butte does have some familiarity with Billings West because they saw him twice last year, Billings West winning those two contests, obviously. Uh, so I'm very curious to see how this offensive line for Butte handles that, especially with this defense only returning one starter, Jaden Benavue from last year's defense. Everybody else is new. Connor Ryan's playing safety. Hunter Morse is a good linebacker. I really like him. Dowler's out there at corner. He's going to do some nice things. But for me, there's where is an advantage because you're not running the same defense that Butte has seen all season long and that this offensive line has seen all season long. So I would expect that Billings West is going to come up with some exotic things to show some different things to Tommy Mallott and try and confuse him. And then the advantage for Butte is what we've seen from them, I think, last week against Glacier is can they force more turnovers? Can Tommy Mallott get another interception? Can they put the ball on the ground? Can they force Carr to fumble the football? Can they force Connor Ryan to do the same thing? If they can do that, that's the advantage for them. I think both both coaches don't really care about time of possession, so time of possession is not a stat they're interested in. Uh, I think the advantage, though, for Butte is being able to run the football. If they're able to do that, get and Cameron Reno is able to get to the second level, he is going to make it a long, long night for those secondary guys because Marino is one of the toughest backs to bring down. You can't bring him down with just one guy. So for Billings West is, is defensively having that 30 front to bring some different aspects and different looks to time a lot. And for Butte, can they get the running game going? Can their offensive line dominate the line of scrimmage? Because these are two big lines. I mean, there's no question that we're talking about all four teams here, Bozeman, Sentinel, uh, as well as Butte and Billings West. These are the Biggest, four biggest offensive lines and defensive lines left in double-A football, and that's not just saying because they're still alive. These were the four biggest all season long, and so whichever one between Billings West and Butte can dominate the line of scrimmage, uh, that's going to give a team another edge. Knock, we appreciate it very much. I know it's a blast uh, for all of us this time of year, and you especially covering this stuff. Have fun this weekend. Enjoy watching the games, tracking up with them, and we will uh, catch up with you again here very soon, all right? Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Anthony Knockreiner, KGEZ, Kalispell, Montana, doing a great job up there keeping track of the uh, particularly double-A level of uh, football, et cetera. Plenty more to come. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed, I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure am i right absolutely got to be cyber safe this day and age well for you business owners out there whether you have an online business or a brick and mortar business it's still running through the web we all know that's a fact and in today's always on world your business demands a simpler approach to network security at blackfoot communications they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of montana they do they're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. We've talked a lot of football, uh, especially at the high school level. But can we get into a couple other things? 
some volleyball stuff. You got a you got a high school state championship extravaganza of the non-football sports that's going around right now. I know you love this stuff. The the state, by the way, the state volleyball tournament in Bozeman and the state wrestling tournament in Billings, which I have been to neither, so I'm saying this merely on the testimony of others. Two gots to get there stuff. We're working oh. on the we're working on the wrestling deal right now a little bit, but uh, uh, this this is as good as it gets. This stuff, and uh, we're 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 rolling down towards it right now. Absolutely. I mean, in the class, the, the all class volleyball tournament, and, and this is nothing other than to just a testament to how much action you're going to get. Is is the best ticket you're going to buy mm. for a girl sport in the state of Montana? And I mean, I love girls basketball in Montana. They've been there's been such high level girls and women's basketball in the state of Montana. Soccer has really risen in recent years. I, you know me, I love, love, love me some track. Yep. And some of the female track athletes the last couple of years have been some of the best athletes to ever come out of San Montana. We talked to Craig Mettler, uh, Sentinel track coach this morning. He said Ashley McElmurray from Missoula Sentinel. She's over at Nebraska now. She's tearing it up. Yep. And for those wondering, Lauren Hagan, she's got her uh, college decision coming up, so she'll be announcing soon. Yep. And, she's got wait. some. She's got some strong options. I mean, when you're a 40 foot triple jumper and you've been doing it in Butte and Missoula and the sideways sleet, pretty good recruiting. The only way I get 40 feet is if I fall off a cliff. <laughs> so, it's the only way. <laughs> Cover how, that many, how many jumps would it take you to jump as long as Lauren Hagen? 40, Seven? 40 feet? Seven, eight bounds? I think I could do it in, in less than eight. <laughs> Like between six and seven, six and seven. I mean, I'm, I'm no. I mean, I'd take me five, five, the, five, six of them the, for sure. The, oh, the question is over under one catastrophic injury. Oh man, oh no, torn Achilles for sure. I got the yeah. hammies. Okay. Anyway, so, so tell us about what's going on though right now. So, Colt, we got a couple well, minutes. I mean, the the uh, the, the Montana All Class Volleyball Tournament is awesome, and because. Volleyball is a, is a sport where, like, the culture of the program is, for whatever reason, I, I don't really know why. I'd actually love to ask Daniel Jones at Montana State or, or Allison Lawrence at Montana. Like, the culture of the program, and even all the way down to the small school, high school levels, there's just some unbelievable dynasties in Montana high school volleyball. I mean, Huntley Project won 9 out of 10 state championships between 2003 and 2013. Then they had a little three-year hiatus. I think it was Lula Loyola with Amy DeGroat, and that great class mm-hmm. rose up and won one. Florence mm-hmm. won one. But then Harris Huntley Project, again, done them for a three-peat. So if they win it, they'll have won 11 out of the last 15. I mean, that's amazing. That's astounding. What it is is somebody – that's unfair. You know, where's the money? Follow the money trail. <laughs> well, that's actually an interesting thing, too. That's what I think a lot of people don't realize is the Huntley Project is actually not a town. Huntley Project is a high school that's in the center of a couple of the different ranching communities mm-hmm. right outside of Billings. And what's happened at Huntley is that you have a bunch of, of cowboys that have you know a little bit of money in their pockets. And Huntley Project has outstanding athletic facilities, right. but it's a small community, or it's a small centralization of several other small communities, but namely Warden and you know, a couple of the other surrounding areas. And so it's a Class B school by enrollment, but they have top-notch, you know, some of the best in the state high school facilities. For sure. And that helps a lot. Well, and but uh, and obviously I'm playing on the money. And thing, the coach. But, but, the but coach exactly. That's the thing. I mean, when you if you want to talk about dynasties, it, at the high school level in the state of Montana, regardless of sport, you can just go straight to the head coach. I mean, that's almost without exception. That's the way it works, and uh, and they've they've gotten it done a only project for uh, a decade and a half, no doubt. And um, at the class C level, 
Ennis and, and Gardner have both taken their turns dominating. Manhattan Christian has always been really good. You know, Manhattan Christian is sort of an isolated Dutch community, and so mm-hmm. they always have the, the really tall girls with the with the Scandinavian backgrounds, and so they've always been really good. But lately, it's been Belt, and Belt's been tremendous. We've had a couple of young ladies from Belt High School on the show as our mattress firm student of the week, and Belt's been great in, in basketball and volleyball. I think that's another thing, too, is weeding, winning breeds winning. And so uh, that's really helped, too. At the AA level, it's been Sentinel and Capital for the last handful right. of years. Sentinel, or Capital, excuse me, has a, a pair of twins. One's going to Boise State to play volleyball. One's coming to Montana to play basketball. Great athletes there. But Sentinel actually got bounced this morning. They lost 3 nothing to Boise mm. West, got swept. Helena Capital swept Bozeman. Great Falls CMR swept Butte, and Billings Central Helena High ongoing right now uh, at the AA level. And in Class A, forever and ever and ever, it was Lewistown. Lewistown, Lewistown, Lewistown. They were, I mean, Coach Taylor was amazing. They were in the Final Four and into the getting a trophy every year and winning. I think they won six state titles in the span of 11 years. And now lately, it's been Billings Central. Billings Central's gunning for their third title. They swept Pulse in this morning. Uh, so they're well on their way to a three-peat. And uh, other scores from around Class A, Columbia Falls swept Harden, Glendive swept Butte Central. So if you ever get a chance, late November, it's worth it, man. It's really fun. All four courts are going at once. you got a double-A court, an A court, a B court, and a C court. And it's so fun to analyze. You would think, oh, man, I'm just going to watch the double-A court because that's just going to be the best volleyball because it's the highest classification. It's not true. Yeah. There's... It's, Every you would if you didn't know if they weren't wearing jerseys you would have no idea what classification mm, was what. That's, that's the so playing interesting. Field is almost yeah. almost level. Yeah, well, go check it out. That's uh, that's that's cool and it's fun to do this time of year. And we will continue to keep an eye on all of it. It is to tell no one is ESPN Radio. On the other side, if you're into uh, the fat guys up front, or if you're into the secondary, this next segment is to you as we preview Grizz Wildcats with a couple of team interviews and also Jay Hill coming up 30 minutes from now. Coulter. Traveling this time of year happens all the time. Family coming to town for the holidays, maybe for sports. Maybe, as we said, we're on the road traveling uh, high school stuff. If you're heading in, if you're coming to Missoula, you got people coming to Missoula, or maybe if you're just in Missoula and need a place to go for a function or something like that, Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. The Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, that's where you go. Tell them about it. This time of year, you get a lot of people coming to town, whether it's for Grizz games or the holidays, you need some place to stick your family. It's a great place. It's easy access. It's right there by the freeway, right off of Airport Boulevard. So you can just hit the freeway and you're into town. Right there. you got to go to Reserve Street, Orange Street, Van Buren, anywhere. But we get by Wyndham has everything for what you need, whether you're a family or you're a business guy. If you got some work to do, they got a great business center. If you need to hold an impromptu meeting, they got you covered right there. you got kiddos, great pool, water slide, and your favorite, they got the best breakfast around. Into it. Into it. Wingate by Wyndham. Right off of Airport Boulevard, let the wind get by window make you feel at home even when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 